Thank you, Jean. Thank you very much for reading that to us. Um, why don't you keep that passage open? And as I preach to us, uh, let me ask for God's help. Father, we thank you because you are Lord of the year, and we thank you because you are Lord of all eternity. That means we can trust in you, Lord, that you have a great purpose for us this year, because you always have. And please help us to see afresh your purpose for us this year, and to be more fruitful. And please would you help us to remain in you remain in your power to transform us to be more like your son Jesus Christ. And we ask for your help in this in Jesus' name. Amen. And please do the help. Can you hear me? Yeah. Is that... Sorry about that. <laughs> Hiccups as we start the new year. Um, well, Happy New Year all. Um, lovely to see you all this new year. I hope you had a good Christmas and I hope the start of the new year has gone well so far. But I wonder what your New Year's resolution is this year and how well you're getting on so far. Uh, I wonder what this new year holds in store for you. Uh, maybe it's... Uh, a new job, maybe it's ongoing studies, maybe it's getting on with a, a job that you've had for a while, maybe it's uh, retirement this year and what that holds in store, and maybe you're long retired and your career is far behind you, and maybe it's more grandkids, a bigger family that you're looking forward to, and maybe you're here this morning and, and actually you no longer have New Year's resolutions, uh, actually it's just a prayer. Uh, Lord, one more year, please. One more Christmas. Of course, we all have hopes for this year, different resolutions. Maybe it's a, a desire to eat healthier, to grow in self-discipline, to spend more time with family, be a nicer person, uh, read more books, go to church more. They're all good resolutions for the new year. Uh, one of my resolutions for the, this year is to reduce my waste. Um, uh, in the UK, we waste an obscene amount of food uh, over the Christmas period. Uh, over 4.2 million Christmas dinners are wasted every Christmas in the UK. Uh, 263,000 turkeys are thrown away over Christmas. Over 7.5 million mince pies are chucked in the bin. How about this? Over 2 million kilos of cheese every Christmas chucked away. What a waste. What an absolute waste. In an increasingly populated world, it's sad, isn't it, that we waste so much food? How about wasted time? Imagine if you could look back at the diary of your life and you could see born, baby, toddler young person, adult, 2024, waste, no growth, and it, it carries on. Uh, who would want that for their lives? It's sad enough to waste a day or a week or a month of our lives, let alone a year. 
How about a wasted life? The story goes of a, of a Christian who wrote a letter towards the end of his life. He wrote this, Although I trust that I am saved by the Lord, I fear that I have done little of what I could have done to serve him, and that my epitaph would read, Saved soul, wasted life. Saved soul, wasted life. Uh, in contrast, uh, one of the more common verses to have uh, on a gravestone for Christians is this. Well done, good and faithful servant. I should have walked around the church graveyard to see how many I could count, but I'm sure there'll be a few. Well done, good and faithful servant, from Matthew chapter 25, verse 23. Of course, these are words from Jesus to someone who has used their life well in service of him. It's our prayer that this is what we hear when we meet the Lord Jesus one day. Well done, good and faithful servant. I started off by asking about your New Year's resolutions. How about God's resolution for us this year? And for the rest of our lives? In our passage this morning, we see that Jesus, he's committed to making sure that we don't waste our lives, let alone this year. Instead, Jesus wants us to be fruitful with our lives. In our passage this morning, Jesus talks about living the the well-done kind of life, the fruitful kind, instead of the wasted kind. That's why we're starting the new year with a series looking at the fruit of the Spirit. What does it look like to bear fruit in the Christian life? What does it look like to grow more like Jesus, to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit that Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Well, this morning is, a, is an introduction to the series about the fruit of the Spirit, and over the next uh, couple of months, we're going to spend time unpacking uh, the various fruits. Uh, but first of all, we're simply going to think about what Jesus says about how this fruit comes into our lives. And the first point to remember as we spend time in our new series over the uh, next few weeks is this. Remember, God's purpose for us is to bear fruit. God's purpose for us is to bear fruit. Uh, It makes such a difference to remember that this is God's purpose for our lives, even before it becomes ours. Uh, Right back in Genesis, after creating mankind in his own image God says be fruitful and multiply it's a plan for God's people that goes right back to the beginning of creation Uh, in his book The Fruitful Life uh, Jerry Bridges says there is a generational fruitfulness both biological and spiritual intended and prompted by God human beings have an innate desire to bear fruit We see this biologically, uh, in the sense that you and I are here today, and we like to have children. It's the reason why many of us have gardens to grow fruit and vegetables and beautiful flowers. Uh, The desire to bear fruit is hardwired into us. And it's the reason why Jesus is using the the imagery of a vine. Uh, He wants to remind the disciples back then and today, of God's purpose for our lives. I look at verse 1 with me. He says, 
I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. At this point in John's Gospel, uh, in chapter 15, uh, Jesus is having his last supper with his disciples uh, and before he leaves them, and he, he, he wants to reassure them. He, he wants to comfort them, that even though he will no longer be around with them on earth, he wants to reassure them that they'll still be able to, to relate to him more deeply than ever. He wants to reassure them that God's purpose for his people to be fruitful will carry on. It's part of the reason why Jesus uses the imagery of gardening. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, Israel is described as a vine, a vine which ultimately failed to produce the good fruit that God was after. And so in verse 1, as Jesus declares himself as the true vine, he's saying the fruit that God wants from his people in this world is now possible because he is the true vine. Jesus is he's reassuring his disciples that genuine change can now flow into the human heart because he will die for our sins, he'll rise again and come to dwell in us by his spirit. And so he says to them, I am the true vine. I'm the vital connection you need to live a fruitful life. Jesus is the true vine. His father is the gardener. Verse 2. The father is the gardener who cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that bears fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Jesus is explaining the role of the of the father as the vine dresser. You see, for a branch to fulfill its potential of bearing fruit, it needs to be pruned now and again. And many of us have gardens, and you know that every year, plants and trees, uh, they need pruning. In fact, if a person none the wiser sees pruning happening, they might think it's such a waste, what a disaster. However, we know that a, a skillful gardener knows exactly how to prune a branch. They prune it so that it can fulfill its potential. Uh, Jesus says his father is the gardener. And he prunes us so that we can be fruitful. To the outsider, the trials of life that we go through may seem like bad luck. However, the Christian believer knows that in God's hands, the tough times of life are never a waste. He uses them to prune and grow us in fruitfulness. Jesus is the vine, the Father is the gardener, and we are the branches. The purpose of the branch is to bear fruit. It's what it's there for. Remember your purpose. God wants his people to bear fruit. I believe we've got a slide. Um, there's a picture, maybe possibly, of an allotment uh, near where we live. Um, doesn't matter if you can't find it. It's, it's a, an allotment patch, and we walk past it now and again. And the reason why it's there is because, well, people plant things, they sow seeds to grow fruit and vegetables. It's there to bear fruit so that they can take it after a while and, and cook it and eat it or give it to other people. Uh, Jesus says to his disciples, Remember the reason why God has planted you and me in this world. End of verse 16. 
so that we might go and bear fruit. And that's why we've picked our our verse of the month in Galatians chapter 5 for the start of the year. Uh, We want to remind ourselves of God's purpose for us in this life. And so we're going to spend the, the next few weeks looking at each fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Now, as I said earlier, of course, as Christians, this is a, a desire for ourselves that we grow more like Jesus. But more importantly, this is a desire that God has for us. It's God's own desire that we grow more like Jesus every day, every week, every month, every year. And verse 16 helpfully reminds us of that. And once we understand this, and once we understand this, we, we realise that God's purpose for us to bear fruit in our lives, it can only happen through God's power in our lives. Only God's power in us can produce fruit. And so Jesus says, remain in me. Uh, in this passage from verse 1 to 8 of chapter 15. Uh, Remain in me is mentioned by my count eight times from verses 4 to 7. Verse 4, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. If we are to bear fruit in our lives this year, And Jesus says to us this morning, remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. In saying this, Jesus is giving his disciples a new paradigm for living. Live, stay, abide, dwell in me always. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. As a family, we like to go for walks, and my daughters like picking up branches uh, whenever we go walking. And in fact, it's a bit of a competition between them. Um, they like to gather as many branches as they can or pick up the biggest branch. And in fact, I've got one here at the moment from the morning ser- or the earlier service. This is one of the branches that I got. Not from my daughters, but actually from, from out there. Uh, nevertheless, um, now... Can, can this branch still grow fruit? No. Of course not. It's, it's dead. It can no longer grow anything because it's been cut off from its life source. Completely cut off. It's not connected to the tree. But Jesus says, he is the vine uh, and we are like this branch. If we want to bear fruit in our Christian lives... And we need to remain connected to him. Uh, Notice in this passage, there are two types of branches. Verse 2, both connected. uh, One that bears fruit and one that doesn't. It is possible to be connected to a tree and yet not bear fruit. It's possible to be connected on a surface level... But internally, there's no connection. There's no life going through it. And so the branch eventually falls off. 
because it's a dead branch. It is possible to profess faith in God, to say the right things, and yet lack the vital connection to Jesus that allows us to bear spiritual fruit in our lives. A bit like this Christmas tree that was here a few weeks ago. Um, It looked the parts, it had many decorations, It, it looked fantastic. But in a few weeks or so, it'll probably be rotting somewhere because it's no longer able to grow. It lacks the vital connection to a life source. Uh, Tim Keller says, uh, There is a Christian version of the Christmas tree. Without spending time with Jesus and being friends with him, listening to him, praying to him, knowing him, walking with him, we're going to find that we're not really changing much. That after two or three years of being a Christian, we're not much more patient or loving or joyful or humble, not better overcoming habits, because we're not drawing from Jesus. How sad to have been at the feast, staring at the food, but die of starvation. So close yet so far. But Jesus says, fruit only comes from branches that remain deeply connected to the vine, not just externally but internally, organically. Jesus wants us, his disciples, to have a vital organic connection to him. Remain in me, only with my spiritual power living inside of you can you bear fruit that God wants in your life. Uh, You see, if we try to generate the fruit of the Spirit in our own strength, then it's quite a formidable list, isn't it? Nine character qualities to try and grow each day. One of them is hard enough. Uh, Wonderfully and graciously, uh, this is not a list of qualities that God is asking us to generate in ourselves, by ourselves. No. Uh, Remember, it's God's purpose for our lives. And it is his power that will accomplish his purpose in our lives of fruit-bearing remaining Jesus because only his power in our lives can produce the fruit of the Spirit. And thirdly, we're to remember. Remember God's process of producing fruit in us. It happens over a lifetime. Uh, Remember, this is a process that happens over a lifetime. Uh, The image of gardening in this passage is really helpful, isn't it? to help us understand the process of spiritual growth in our lives. It's often slow. It takes time, just like real-life gardening. In fact, Christian growth is a process that takes a lifetime, as Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. He says this, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. In this life, Paul is saying, we'll never be the finished article. There'll always be room to press on and keep growing spiritually. As we spend time looking at the fruit of the Spirit, we're going to look at them individually over the next nine weeks or so. But notice in our verse of the month uh, on top of uh, the service sheets, uh, in Galatians 5.22, 
It's not fruits of the Spirit. No, it's the fruit, singular, of the Spirit. They all come as a package. It is true that each attribute is distinct, but the the Scriptures, the Bible, refers to them as a united, singular fruit. These nine attributes come together in the Christian life to reflect the complete picture of the character of Jesus Christ. A growth in love for God comes with a joy for life. As you see God's kindness in your life every day, you learn to trust in his plan for your life, which helps you to be patient. The fruit of the Spirit, they, they come together. Because if we, if we choose one to focus on, we might expect less than God has promised us. The fruit of the Spirit come together. What a blessing. And how are we to view the process of growth in our lives over the next year, the next few years, over our lifetime? Uh, We could be tempted to be frustrated at the slow pace at which we grow this year. Uh, Viewed from our vantage point, growing in the fruit of the Spirit can leave us absolutely frustrated. However, Instead of viewing growth from our perspective, how about viewing it from from God's perspective? Uh, Jesus tells us that God is the Father, sorry, God the Father is the gardener. If we've put our faith and trust in Jesus, then God is our Heavenly Father, and He has the loving patience of a Father. Uh, I think we might have the picture of Rebecca. No? Okay, there was a picture of Rebecca. Uh, when she first uh, started to walk, um, when she was taking her first steps. Now, as our first daughter started to walk, as she took her first step and fell down, how do you think we reacted as parents? Uh, Do you think we said, oh, that's rubbish. You can't even walk five metres. You can't even run yet. No, of course not. As As she took her first step, whoops, as she fell down, we were overjoyed. Yes! Rebecca, she's shown signs of walking. Yes! And that's how God the Father is like with us. Once we start to to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, he he rejoices at every step we make in the right direction this year. Yes, joy, love, patience, forgiveness, kindness, yes, faithfulness, self-control, yes! And there'll be times when we fall down, we sin. Uh, Whenever that happens, don't listen to the voice of the devil who says, you're now dirty and no longer remain in Jesus. Uh, Don't let Satan use our sense of failure to drive a wedge between us and God. It's the lie from the devil. Rather, listen to what Jesus says in verse 3. He says, you are clean. You are clean. Three simple words. You are clean. Keep remaining in me. Uh, Jesus Christ has made us clean through his death on the cross. He has washed away our sins, past, present, and future. He has paid the price. And he he continues to wash us clean for the rest of our lives. Our status is now clean with God. And because we are clean... 
The Holy Spirit of God lives in us and we have the power to keep getting up and seeking to grow and move forward in the Christian life. Seek, seeking to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Now, do you know, getting up is the one basic skill that children need if they're to learn to walk. Remembering in Jesus that we are clean, forgiven of our sins, past, present and future, is such a key skill to develop in the Christian life as we seek to be fruitful. We're going to take communion in a moment, uh, a wonderful sign that the Lord Jesus is committed to washing us clean and also feeding us by his body and blood so that we can grow in the Christian life. It's our prayer this year that we would remember God's purpose for us to grow more like Jesus every day, every month, every year. And more importantly, it's our prayer that we would remain in Jesus experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit to grow us into people that live fruitful lives for God's glory. Let me give you a moment of silence to reflect on what you've just heard and then I'll pray for us. Dear Lord, we were so grateful for this wonderful uh, reminder at the start of this year of your wonderful purposes for our lives. Thank you for showing us so clearly in this passage that you want us to bear fruit that lasts into eternity. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we spend time in this series, as we look at the fruit of the Spirit's love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. And we pray that we would see that only by remaining in you can we grow in these fruits. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would help us to remain in you, to, to rely on your word, to help us to rejoice in all that you've done for us. And we pray and ask that you would Help us to, to rely on you by coming to you in prayer, asking for your help. Because only by your grace can we stand as we seek to grow and live fruitful lives. And we ask this for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.